0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Essie's Hour of Love. Grace here while Essie is away in Israel, but thankfully, she did record this episode before she left, so don't worry, you'll get to hear her voice for the rest of the show. Our guest this week is pretty freaking fantastic. I stumbled upon her site while stalking the Instagram world sometime around Women's History Month, and was immediately intrigued. So I cold called her and thankfully for us and all of you, she answered. Her name is Cheryl Malik, and she's the founder and editor in chief of No Filter, an online publication based out of Memphis, Tennessee, that represents her life and interests as a modern and complex woman. Cheryl's recently gone full throttle and started this company on her own. And during her episode, she really highlights this struggle between motherhood and drive to be successful in business and it's it's a topic that's not necessarily spoken about so much in today's society even though it's probably affecting more women now than ever. I'm going to try not to give away all the amazing details from her episode but I do want to make sure before I go that I plug nofilteronline.com and her other very successful blog 40aprons.com she has some really awesome stuff on both of these sites and you guys should go ahead and check them out. As always, we love to hear your thoughts and all guest recommendations. So please make sure you subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever else you may listen to podcasts and write to us at essieshouroflove at gmail.com. I hope you guys enjoy this show just as much as I did. Bye. I don't care if you
1: stay loving anyway. I like it that you're quite organized because I think we're, I I was coming in a few minutes early.
2: Yeah, I always have to be early. It's It's kind of a.
1: Kind of a thing. It's kind of a thing. <laughs> it's all right. I've been reading your um, your website and your well, both your websites, and that mm. doesn't surprise me at all that you're quite yeah. organised.
2: Slightly type A, just a little, just but a little.
1: But I feel like it's working for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make. Uh, yeah, I, I have to make it work for me. Otherwise, we're in we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So that's because I
1: have to admit, I am um, as I think you and I had. Would have a lot, uh, we do have a lot in common just in the mm-hmm. sense of, um, we've both studied design. I'm guessing you, well, we're both designers, mm-hmm. um, but yet gone into lots of different areas and, mm-hmm. and, and formed, uh, starting to form like our own companies in some ways, right. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that, but that also like, means that there was a point where you sort of had absolutely nothing in some ways and then you've you and now you've got something and I what I'm actually linking this to is I was I the reason why I set that up that way because I looked at your likes on your Instagram Uh oh my god and there's a point where like you're getting like the normal average every person say you know 25 likes and then it just jumps to like 100, 200, right. 300. And I'm like, whoa, this, this literally happened in like a four space yes. image upload. And I'm like, <laughs> this woman knows what she's doing. Or, or like, there must have been a moment at that point where you're like, I am committing to this.
2: Yeah, it really was. It was when I, I always say I'm my own worst client in terms of digital marketing. And there was this moment where I felt like I can take what I've had sort of, not even on the back burner, but it's just been, I've just maintained it because I just have. And I can really focus on this and be the best client and just go for it. And that's what happened. I was like, we're doing this. We're just going to because if you can make it work it's the best job ever right just right, creating right. content and you know talking on podcasts and doing all that sort of thing it's the the best thing ever so i was like we're just going to give it everything and if it if it fails then at least we know that it's just because I'm terrible at
1: it. <laughs> it's because I'm a really bad person, basically. <laughs> I don't deserve happiness. Yeah. And there we go. Ah, and then moving on to another endeavor. <laughs> right, exactly. So what was that, so what was your life like at that at at the moment before you kind of really committed? Like and can can we sort of go into like maybe like love life and mm. home life and like where was your headspace? Um, Cause I'm, I'm sure from my own experience, it, I'm curious to be like, how many years were you like, if I freaking commit to this, I could be a very <laughs> successful person. And I, I don't understand why I'm not committing, mm-hmm. you know, like how long did that go on for? And, and what was your life like at that, at that time?
2: So when I first went off on my own, this is probably the most interesting love related part because then i got married and it was all boring after that but i was dating my husband and this was years ago and i had this blog just that i did for fun and um, i was working at a just a typical job and it wasn't a great environment and he said just quit and we'll figure it out and we were just dating then you know like we lived together but there was no we weren't sharing bank accounts or anything like that. And so I quit and I I started focusing on my, my blog and what I was doing. And I was like, just trying to make it work somehow. And it started growing. And then I started getting clients from that and it allowed me to freelance full time. But all of my energy went into... The clients then. And this has sort of happened in these little cycles for years. I mean, just, it just keeps happening. And recently I looked at it and I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is, yeah, I'm tired of just rebuilding all the time. So that happened a few times. And um, within the last year, I had started working at um, marketing agencies and that all came from my blog, which is insane to me. Like, I went to law school, right? And wow. now I'm working as, You know, I was working at a marketing agency because I wrote a blog. Just the world is insane right now. But anyway, so I was working at this agency and just had no time for my blog. And it just went away, you know, and I would, I was still getting traffic and everything. I just, I I don't, I don't, I don't even know really. But I got in, I got myself into this situation where I was working so much at the agency that I had no time for my blog baby, I hardly saw my husband. Um, and when I did, we were, it wasn't great. You know, it was all like, I need you to watch the baby so I can finish this project. And then, you know, I, I had like a, I guess he was six year, six months old or one at that time. And I wasn't seeing him a lot either. And it was always very strained. It was very like, I'm going to watch you while I'm answering this email or, you know, like hurry up. Where is the, where's the childcare? Like I've got to finish this. And it was was very, very stressful. And so I quit there and ended up kind of doing the same thing with a different agency. And I not to get super personal or anything, but I, (laughs) okay. Oh yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, My husband was ready for another baby. And for me, it was like, if I have another kid, it's just so stressful, you know, because I'm trying to make work work and I'm trying to make, trying to still be like a good mom and like good wife and all of those things. And I was just tired of feeling that way. And there's my blog kind of like with the, you know, like spotlight on it in the corner, just like, here I am, just do me, you know? And so I, you know, decided if I just do this. And I just do the things that make sense for me that are mine. I don't have this pressure. Like as soon as I made the decision to leave, you know, bosses and that sort of thing, I immediately was like, well, I feel a lot better. And I think maybe, yeah, it would be kind of cool to have another kid like instantly. So do you just have wanting have two- to-
1: Do you Mm -hmm. have two kids now? Did that, did Mm -hmm. that happen or?
2: No, it was very recent. So we're still kind of, I'm still still enjoying margaritas, you know, like (laughs) almost, almost there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um,
2: I hear you. Yeah. So it was just this kind of option to just do what I've always wanted to do and have always been distracted from and, and do it and have the life that I want as well.
1: What do you think, um. What do you think was the biggest fear to go out purely on your your own?
2: Of oh, money. Absolutely. Oh, I'm not even yeah. going to It's not like I'm not afraid of falling like failing, like none of that. I have this insane blind confidence. I don't understand it. I'm just like it's going to be fine. It's going to work. No problem. But you know, as the mortgages grow and child care is not free, all of those things, it was kind of like, if, what if I go out and it doesn't work and what yeah. will happen with the money? So.
1: so, so and what, what do you think it was that finally just, you were like, I just, I'm just going to do it.
2: I think, so I started putting a little more focus back into the, into my things like with no filter and, starting that and having this amazing response from, you know, a bunch of women, I started realizing, like, I think I can do this, you know, like, it seems like there's a good response. It seems like I'm speaking to something that people want. And I'm pretty sure, like, fingers crossed, pretty sure it'll be fine. And, you know, there's always that sort of like, if it doesn't work, I can always just get a job but right
1: mm, (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a really (laughs) interesting thing because I think a lot of people are continuously torn Mm -hmm. about going off and doing their their own thing and there's especially now that it seems like it's not I'm not going to say that it's not hard, Mm. but I more mean even that there's Squarespace now, that you don't need to hire a full coder, designer, developer, everything to just get a website up, where back in Mm. the day, it was a really big investment. Um, So, like, there are resources out there, but it is a constant job, like, even someone uh, was just talking to me about their social media and they were like, it feels like a full-time job. I'm like, mm-hmm. it, it basically oh, yeah. is a full-time job to run your social media account, especially if that's your way of, in, in a sense, advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a, it, it's i wonder how many people are on the the brink of it constantly mm. of like should i should i just leave and commit because it does get this point where you're putting 60 70 80 hours into someone else's mm. company right <laughs> and guiding them of how they can succeed <laughs> And it's, right. it's crazy. I yeah, it must. I, 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 I
2: understand. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, it's a, it's an interesting one. And, but my thing that I keep saying is, well, I just want to learn a little bit more. I just want mm. to learn a little bit more. And yet if you go out on your own, I can't even imagine how much you would learn. Oh yeah. Like uh, straight out on the bat, or, you know, that the That is interesting that you thing. said that.
2: I remember thinking when I was working at the first agency, I was working like 67 hours a week and I was thinking, If I put even half of this effort into my own stuff, I mean, it would certainly work, you know? Right. Because I would just be working so hard at it and figuring it out. And, but I was still, I was just doing it for somebody else and it just didn't make sense, you know? And Mm -hmm. if you are the type that wants to run your own thing and call the shots and, you know, wake up every day and decide what you think is important to work on if you're that kind of person, it's like, it, I don't know, it, it doesn't sit well with you always to just be, I don't know, going along with it. So that was definitely like a, a, a moment I realized if I just did this for myself and I don't know why that's so hard. You know, I've struggled, like yeah. I said, I struggled this for with this for years. If I just really focus on it instead of getting distracted by these like little side projects or not side projects, like in terms of my own stuff, but a side client or whatever seems to get distracted there. But if you just focus, you know, you, like you said, you learn so much. So much. Yeah. And I think,
1: would you feel that also you were meeting all these people that had their own companies mm -hmm.
2: and you're like, Oh my God, you're just figuring this out. Right. Right. Yeah, I didn't think you want to are be be marketing yeah. for someone else. I wanted to be the one hiring people, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and not being hired always. Um, that was another definite moment for me too. So it feels yeah. a lot more natural for me. Like I'm hiring my first like virtual assistant because like you oh, said, wow. so that's it's a big deal in your life. It is a big deal. It is, it's it that's actually maybe the most terrifying part that's happened so far is like I'm gonna be paying someone and I have to bring money in now so okay well,
1: also it, it kind of makes you a leader you know right. Now you have to right. manage and lead and teach yeah. and 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 communicate in a way that they that you can get the best out of them and they can get mm. the best out of you and and I from from what I'm sort of going through at the moment is that that's not a that isn't an easy task either to, to be a good manager and a good leader. And, and there's no real, no one really gets taught it to like do a right. special class
2: on right. it. Um, you're it, kind of terrifying me now though. Just Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm sure you're going to be <laughs> wonderful at it. <laughs> no, I-
2: I feel like oh, there's God. so much pressure. It's basically impossible to do. Good luck. <laughs> no, but I'm feeling that, you know, like. I want them to be efficient. I want them to like working for me, but I also want to have some authority and it's loaded, you know, but then it's just, it's like that on the job training we were talking about. It's like you're acquiring these skills that you can put to use for anything. I don't know. It's, it's wonderful and horrible and terrifying and totally natural and all of those, all the things.
1: Yeah. Have you? What has been some of the most uh, interesting things you've learned about yourself during this pro process? I'll like give you an e- e- example. Of, I realize with um, Grace and Nancy, who I do the podcast with, there's mm. a, a lot of the time if someone throws a new idea out or a not necessarily like a criticism, but a critique or something. It takes, I've learned it now. It takes me 24 hours <laughs> to process it and then come back and go, yes, you are so right. And uh-huh. because I started to sort of sometimes like act like a bit of a dick in the moment of when they were saying it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a dick. I really like, I'm, I'm yeah. quite a good person, but I just, I just realized I have to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I am. And now we all know that about me. So oh, that's so funny. I, well, I yeah, will I talk to you, to you t- tomorrow.
2: I'm 100% that way as well. I think it's something in the moment where, at least for me, I feel like, but I'm smart too. I think of the good things also. And then it like two minutes later, once it's over, I'm like, oh, that actually was an amazing idea. Like I never thought yeah. of that. Like what, what is wrong with me? And then I, I yeah, I, I completely understand, but I, I also tend to, um, I'm a little, spontaneous I'll be like let's start this side business today (laughs) Like yeah. 100%. And then the next day I'm like, I don't even like doing that. What am I doing? You know, but there's already a website made. Like it's already like live. I was you know, about I'm to say, you minutes. got
1: the domain. Exactly. No, yeah. seriously,
2: you should look at my GoDaddy account. There's like 55 yeah. domains there.
1: <laughs>
2: it's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. I
1: know exactly what you're talking about. I need so to be like I, I, yeah. in a little. Yeah. No, I think you just go for it. And then like one out of 20, <laughs> 20 things is, will just be incredible. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> (laughs) Um, So I'd love to. um, I actually was a nanny, an au pair for a few years, and I lived with a family with four kids and these incredible, incredible parents. And um, it was really interesting observing um, a parent's love for a child as an observer. Mm -hmm. Right, And also trying to, and that, how do I keep my own identity and, and how to, you know, as a parent, how do I look after myself so I can be the best for my child? And, and, and where even like to the extent of like, my child is hurting so much, but do I help this situation or Mm -hmm. do I let them learn from this situation? Like all that kind of stuff. And, and how, how are you going with, uh, parenthood and managing all your projects and, mm. and being a, a wife and a partner at the same time? Like what, how's it going for you at the moment?
2: So it's interesting that you asked that because when we first started emailing back and forth, I was in a very different situation Right. Um, mental situation. I was at this point where I was still working for someone else, um, at least part time. And, um, I just felt like there was never, ever enough time in the day to do what I wanted to do. And so before we had my son, I, that would mean I would just work at night and I would work on the weekends and it was fine. But now I have this baby whom I, Adore, you know, but also needs like constant care and attention. So there was this, I don't want to say resentment because that sounds horrible, but it was this struggle. Like, I want to be both. Like, I want to spend time with my son and I want to run around the house with him and chase him and make him laugh so much he snorts and do just do all of those parent things. But I also really need to do these projects and these and to be creative and do these things for me. And I was at this, just, it was this intense struggle for weeks, maybe months. I don't know. Where I was just like, I don't, I can't have another baby because that's just more of me that's being taken away because it felt like there was this pie. Right. And it was just like slowly taking away parts of it that had to be, you know, the the time spent being a parent, like a full-time parent instead of just attending to, you know, whatever project or whatever I wanted to work on. But since I made that decision to just focus on my blog and no filter and those things, it, totally changed. It's, I mean, I, I'm in a much, much more comfortable space here where I can kind of separate and be this 100% mom and then 100% not mom, you know? And it's, it's fantastic. And it's a huge reason why I wanted to do this kind of work from the beginning. So, I worked really hard so that I would be able to not have to work 70 hours a week, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm always going through these challenges actually staying there, but once I'm there, I'm just so happy. But, I don't know, it's, being a parent is a lot more complex than I thought it would be. I was raised by this mom who she just always really wanted to be a mom and she didn't want to, she wanted to stay at home and she wanted to do all the crafts and make all the food and do all of those things. And I always kind of thought I would be the same, but I'm just not. And I struggle with that. Like, I feel like that's the way you should be and I'm not that way. And so I'm like this, I don't know, like just not as good of a mom as I should be, I guess. But there's so much pressure Just for everyone, you know, being a mom or being even just a woman these Mm -hmm. days, it's insane. It's like you're supposed to stay at home with your kids and also work full time. But if you work full time, then you don't care about your kids. And if you don't work, then, you know, it's just you can't win. So I think all of us feel that pressure, regardless of what we actually do. Do you have, um,
1: if you, if you took away all the pressure, uh, what would you say you would what feels the most natural to you as a working woman as a mum like what mm. if if there was no judgment at all of any of it what would you how would you explain what you would be and it may be what you are now i don't mm-hmm. i don't know but but um what what would you think would be like a lovely uh balance of it all
2: it honestly um, and you probably caught me. This is probably going to be less of like a, a less interesting episode because no, don't. I'm like Again. happy right
1: now. Hey, that's so lovely. You're happy. I, I, it's, it's, we should have recorded so, like four weeks ago. No, but it's um, so
2: interesting you said. And I,
1: please don't forget your thought as I say this. But um, it's so interesting you say it because someone said to me the other day, like with the podcast, they're like, oh. You know, uh, they said to me, "I th- they're like sometimes as yes, I think that you give your guest a way out. Like if mm-hmm. I can tell that my guest is getting a little bit uncomfortable, mm-hmm. maybe sometimes like I change the subject or I, uh, you know, like I like yeah. uh, you know, and he and they're like you know, don't do that. Like we want to mm-hmm. hear necessarily like the the deep emotional part." And I, and it's this really interesting thing, what you just said, but I'm like, but I also love the thought of having mm. someone on that's, that's learned from their experiences and is now in a good place so they can talk about yeah. the hard times in a healthy way instead of mm. necessarily getting someone in that, in that actual painful moment. Anyway. Yeah. It's just yeah. an interesting thing of learning about interviewing people. But please c- carry on with your thought.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, um, there's just this, I think, and I think it all boils down to the direction we're sort of going as a society with work anyway, which is flexibility. Um, so like I last week went to Europe with my mom because we're super mm. dorky like that. that's and not I could dorky just...
1: at all. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It
2: was, it was great. You know, in my, husband watched, um, my son and he has a pretty flexible job. And so that was amazing. And then I come back this week and normally working any of the organizations I'd worked with, um, in the last year or so, I would have just spent this entire week, like a maniac catching up just working nonstop, but I didn't have to, you know, It's like, nothing is going to happen if I don't get out this extra post, but before noon today. So, you know, I like went to the zoo with my kid and worked a little later that night and just did whatever, you know, and that is just, I think it really boils down to just being able to do whatever you really want to do, you know, and that is so That's totally what's natural for me because I love to work and I love to create new things and buy new domains and build websites and just make all the things. And I just love that. But I also don't live to work. I mean, I I live to create, I guess, but I don't live to just like put in the hours. So going to the zoo...
1: It, what it also feels like though is that your work is actually you living a beautiful mm-hmm. life, right? It's you right. making beautiful food and talking about your experiences and so if you if you're not living right and doing all the things that you love to do, well, then actually your work suffers right mm-hmm. right which is fascinating. so you sort of set up this life for yours and be like, I just have to live a great
2: life <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to just provide photographic evidence there we go we're done yeah I mean that's yeah. um I like I really I'm gonna steal that and I'm just gonna like keep that in mind when I need to go have some beautiful experiences to write about
1: <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's all for work it, it is but I mean it that's what's it really is but I want to go back to your point about um saying when you came we, we, normally when you'd come back from a holiday and you'd go back to work and you would work your tush off mm-hmm. would you was there also an element of that? I'm just guessing of like feeling a bit guilty that you'd gone on a holiday. So you also wanted to come back and like make up for this, that you are like to also sort of prove you still are a hard worker and you can still get your stuff done and that yeah. kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's always that element of um, proving that I can do and deserve both because we tend to travel a lot and, and, any client or agency I've ever worked with or take, taken on, I'm always like, yeah, so I'm going out of town like six times this year, so it'll be okay. But then there's this part of me that feels like I naturally deserve that because I can still, because I work my, I don't know if we like, we curse on this? Planet? You can curse. Yeah, okay. please. Well, I work my ass off the weeks before. And then I worked one the week after. Word. I know. I was like, there's been a few <laughs> slightly um, more emphatic words I've just glossed over <laughs> until now. So I'll keep that in mind. But I, you know, there is no such thing as vacation. And with what I do, it's, you just work really hard ahead of time. You work double ahead of time and double after. Um, so it's, it's always been like, I, I deserve this. I can totally travel and see the world and just like live an amazing life and whatever, and just be happy. But like, there's this part of me that's always like, feels like I have to convince other people of that too. You're, you're absolutely right. There's this like guilt, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it, it kind of is, it's related for sure to, um, maternity leave and the idea of, which is not, it's not cool at all that you feel this way as a working woman, but the feeling like I need you to need me, but like also be okay without me for a few weeks, but like not real okay, but like okay enough that I can take maternity leave. And it's just this insanely complicated feeling that I personally at least had with the idea of taking maternity leave, working at an office and I don't know. It's like, you're, you're a woman. You're, if you, you know, if you and your husband or partner get pregnant, you're the one that's going to have that baby. Like, it's not, I don't know. It's a very complicated issue I have with all of this, but there's this just, I don't know. It's very loaded, this feeling of needing to be needed, but also feeling like you deserve to be able to take that time off, but recognizing that that's maybe partly the situation and not all the situation. Am I like even making any sense anymore? No, like, no, you are. You are. <laughs> I think it's, it's so, um,
1: it's such a, I think cause I'm t- turning 30 and a lot of people that I'm interviewing, um, are sort of a little, a bit older or sort of slightly younger with babies and work and all that stuff is coming mm-hmm. up a lot and um so I think anyone's thoughts on the matter is amazing and and I think that there's this there's this interesting thing of that you can fight it all you want that we are equal and I and mm-hmm. men and women which we are in in whatever way you want to look at it but reality is a man can't breastfeed right. and a man can't can't give birth which a And I know that there's a lot out there that wish they could, you know, <laughs> um, and then there's probably a lot that were are like, thank God. <laughs> um, but it is, it's just, it's, it's just the honest, truth it's just such a bummer that there's Mm -hmm. um there's even I'm learning a lot from my friends having children and I didn't even I didn't realize that there's a bit of a stigma attached to if you breastfeed or if you but not Mm -hmm. you know there's that element and my other wonderful friend who's had one child and it sounded a bit hard to have a second um had got pressured or like there was just a, the conversation with her girlfriends was like, Oh no, well you've hit the two year mark. Like this is when you should have mm. the second child. I'm like, mm. wow, you're getting pressured to have a second <laughs> child. <laughs> I'm like, that's incredible. Like you just don't, I don't, I don't know that stuff. Um, mm. So I think as much, you know, as much talk about it, um, the better, but what would you say, has from having a child and going through this, um, this kind of uh, I guess cultural epidemic. I don't know this sort of experience that uh, that women and and men of partners, parents are going through. What what has actually helped you as a person and and maybe as a a partner through this?
2: Um, that's actually a pretty easy one. Um, I am in a few very active like mom groups on Facebook and they're mostly local. Um but it's that sort of community that I think we used to have and don't naturally have anymore. You know, we live fairly isolated, we live single family, whatever. Um, and so you can find or you can feel like your situation is bizarre or the way you feel Is wrong or different or whatever. But when you're in these groups long enough, you realize that you are completely standard, like in a great way, you know, like nothing that you're feeling is just like bad or strange or whatever. And other people are feeling that way too. And that's actually what inspired me to start no filter was hearing all of these Stories from women you would never, ever have expected to hear those things from and feeling like all the women who aren't in these groups need to hear this as well so that they don't feel alone, you know? And like the, this struggle that I've had with, um, wanting to work and not really wanting to have another kid for that reason, I just kept that in. It was so internalized for so long and, um, Probably after like two glasses of wine one night, I was telling the mom groups about it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, I felt that way. I felt that way too. I (laughs)
0: felt that way." And I was like,
2: "Okay." Like then, and it just the weight of the guilt immediately lifted. You know, it's just yeah. uh, I mean, it's just the community that we all need. That it's just hard to find anymore.
1: How are those conversations um, with your husband? were you able to have conversations? Were you able to sort of talk your
2: piece? Yeah. um, Yes. And no. Also, Um, I think as a man, like we've been talking about, he can't really, he can't breastfeed and he can't give birth. And so to him, the, very early days that were very hard for me. Um, he didn't really experience it, right? Because I was up with the baby all the time because I was nursing and he had to go back to work. And so I was waking up and I was on call all the time and I was recovering from giving birth. And he was just, I mean, he did, I am very lucky that he is very, very hands-on as a father, but... The part that was so hard for me and this part now that I'm struggling with or kind of just resolved, the idea of like putting my work on hold again to have another baby and give birth and nurse all the time and do all of those things in your life is just like totally put on hold for several weeks. Like he just, that doesn't affect him, you know? So he's like, I want another baby because I love our son and I want more of that. And I am the blocker here. I'm like, yeah, but, mm, eh. you know, so I'm the one kind of standing in the way and he gets it but also can't really get it, I don't think, not the way that other women can get it. Yeah. You
1: know? And I think we also, like, oh, I'm, <laughs> sometimes I feel like I've got to stop doing this, but then I always try to look at it from – the guy side and I'm like, it must be so, it must be really hard for them as well to not, to not understand. Like, you know, to, I know it's just shocking. No, that's good. Um, I need to do more of that. Well, like, I mean, it just must be like, you know, when you try so hard to understand where someone's coming from um, mm-hmm. and, and you just can't, you can you know, you can only get as close as you can, especially, yeah with the the two gender roles and just the different experiences but um and and what what has been really fascinating i have to get a guy on to talk about this because i you know we i guess we can't uh, you know we can't really voice to it but uh, you know they they imagine really wanting a child but you you mm-hmm. literally can't you you, yeah. ha- you have to Uh, have a a woman, you know, your partner has to say yes as well. And, and um, I know it's affected a lot of people's, you know, relationships Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating thing. And I, I'm guessing everyone handles it in, you know, in different ways.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting point because I think obviously biologically it's on me, but if it weren't, I mean, he is just I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it personally, but he is so committed and just he, like he loves our son so much and he wants this big family and you know, he would absolutely, this is, he's going to be so pissed at me for saying this, but he would totally like nurse the baby if he could, you know, yeah, like he doesn't not do it because he doesn't want to be tired. Right. He just can't. Yeah. So I, I do think about it sort of like he would be as tired as I was if it meant having another baby, like that wouldn't bother him. You know, well, it so, may yeah.
1: bother him while he's doing yeah.
2: it. after a few weeks of that. He might be eating. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he might be like, two is enough.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, told you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's really, it's a really interesting. Interesting point. Cause there's this sort of like biological burden that I think the women feel and the men may feel now that, I mean, now that you bring it up, it's a really interesting point.
1: <laughs> yeah you can ignore it if you want
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I also you know it's because it, then you can flip it the other way and just go women get to go through the most incredible experience in the world mm-hmm. of like of, of of having a child grow yes. inside of you like yeah. inside of you and then now yeah and then you know Twenty-five hours of labour, <laughs> and a few months of no sleep, and then voila—you like yeah. gradually kind of getting yourself back in. I know my, okay. my yeah, my mum. She ended up having my sister and I eighteen months apart, mm-hmm. and um, and my dad worked, you know, was working all the time, and she was on this kind of isolated property. Uh, and I'm sure she was in sort of mum groups and stuff, but but still she was kind of, you know, in this house by herself, I think, for a lot of the time with, with basically two, you know, mm. two kids under, you know, two. And um, and I, I never really, because I would ask her, I'd be like, hey mum, you know, what was I like as a kid? And a lot of the time she'd be like, I was very tired. I don't remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'd be like, what a shit answer. And more and more I get older and like understand and observe. Yeah. I just go, yeah, she must've been absolutely exhausted oh my and lonely, mm. you know? Oh yeah. You
2: know. It's a yeah, it's incredibly lonely. It's especially when they're really little. I think my, my mom would come over. She basically lived with us when, um, My son was newborn and it's not like he was that difficult. I mean, it was pretty straightforward at that point is like, he slept all the time, but like in very short spurts and he nursed all the time. Like that's pretty much it. But she, I think she would just come over so I could like talk to a grown person. Yeah. Every day I would just be like, she would come over and I'd be like, "Ah, let me tell you what happened, you know? Cause it's just, me in this like worm pretty much all the time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you get into daytime television or was that some... luckily <laughs> no? I saved like um it was right before one of the oranges the new black seasons oh. came out and I would I was telling him I was like in my last trimester I was like don't say anything I'm saving this don't don't <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then it was like, as soon as he was born, I just like blew through in like two days. And I was like, oh God, I have to find more. I watched like five seasons of, um, awkward on Amazon. Oh, oh my or God. Whatever. Yes. Yes. I like, mean, I just watched the, watch. the teenage, like, the
1: teenage kind of show.
2: Yes. I mean, there yeah. was just, it was kind of like in between HBO series at that moment, you know, I was like, had nothing else to watch, but I was just up all the time with Netflix on my phone, at, like 4am. Oh.
1: Oh, I thank renewable. God for Netflix so you don't have to watch the shitty. Like
2: <laughs> right. back in
1: the day, you really oh would have, all you would have had is like Days of Our Lives or I know, reruns. General Hospital,
2: It's right. Yeah. 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 I get really <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. into like game shows. and oh are yeah, <laughs> right. I'm feeling very grateful for on-demand TV right now. <laughs> uh, um,
1: so g- going back to um the real, I guess, Classic side of of love and romance and and that side of things. Um, how would you sort of say that before, say, let's say marriage and children, and you you really taking on your own, your career in your own element of it? How much did that side of things take up your headspace?
2: I, you know. I I'm sure it must have taken up a ton but I just don't remember it as being super frenzied like it feels now. Does that yeah. makes any sense. Like I don't I don't know. There was this of course before the last couple of years things were growing so And I was, I was learning about what I can build and what I can launch and all of those things. And so I wasn't doing quite as much of it, but there was, there was this very like lifestyle centered focus. So it was always about doing something I really enjoyed to support our life and traveling and doing all of those things rather than you know, kind of like what we've talked about where, like, that very traditional, like, work to live, live to work kind of approach. Mm. Um, So there was just more, there was more time and there was more, like, mental space, I guess, that just wasn't being absorbed by the millions of, like, tedious little details that I have to remember now. So I don't know. It was very different. It's, um, it having, and it was really like, it was very similar all the way up until we had kids or kid. Um, it was pretty much the same kind of thing. It was like, I was excited about these things growing and I was interested in to see like where I could take it. But our little life always came first. And then after we had my son, just things, kind of, a lot of things happened all at once, and it and it became less like life focused and more just obligation focused, which is kind of not really even a focus. It just kind of drags you along. It's like right. a tide rather than a focus. Yeah, you're just
1: like keeping on the surface rather than like right. leisurely guy yeah. gliding through the ocean. <laughs> yeah, and mm. so with no filter, the blog. You mentioned right kind of at the start that, um, I can't remember your exact words, but you were kind of saying that you're, I, I guess I interpreted it as you're a bit of an open book and you're, mm-hmm. you're pretty good at just, uh, talking about your own experiences and, and I guess no filter is the exact title of that. <laughs> right. Um, but what, but yet, then you sort of mentioned how you needed, that you had after two glasses of wine at the mum's group, you were like, this is actually how I'm feeling. So mm. you, you, you obviously still, there are some things that, that take you a little while to, to get to the point mm. of, of sharing. And, and with no filter, like what has been a couple of the things when you're writing it or talking to people that, that, it has been a little bit of a journey until you've been able to share that element of, of your experience.
2: Yeah, it's um, there's, so I wrote an article for no filter a little while ago and it was about um, just kind of the theme of my life lately, which is that struggle with wanting to have another kid um, in a different respect. There was the whole I guess like theme of the article was I can't comprehend loving anything as much as I love my son. Um, and so when I think about another baby in concept, I don't like this baby, you know, because I feel like they're trying to like take over. Or they can never be Leo, you know, or whatever. And I knew that I logically that the way I was feeling was, not valid. It just wasn't, it just wasn't reality, right? Like I knew that I would have another baby and I would feel just as strongly about the second baby as I do about my, my son. Like I, I know that logically, but I was struggling with this idea that I love my son so much, just like any parent, you know, you just, it's like almost painful how much you just adore them. And That is so cool. I love hearing (laughs) that. I just love it. It's really, it's, it's a little weird because it happened, I think, fairly slowly for me, which is another one of those things that were, you kind of mentioned, like I felt and felt like maybe that was not common or it was wrong or whatever. And I got a little hint of, um, just feedback from other moms that they felt the same way. And now I'm like open about it. So there's always this sort of like feedback loop, I guess of testing the waters a little, like, is this norm? Is this socially acceptable? Oh, it is. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell everyone about it then. Um, so that, that's like a a large part of the, the article I just wrote was sort of this, I don't know. And it's interesting that, I don't know, I'm kind of all over the the place no, thinking no, about no, this, no. but um, when I was writing this article, it was very um, just exposing, I guess, in terms of the feelings I have about, about this second pregnancy. There's theoretical pregnancy. Um, and so there were things that I would write, and then I would be like, whoa, too much, you know, and I would like delete it all and then like write something that was like still kind of out there, but not too out there.
1: Could you? So, I don't. I mean, if you don't feel comfortable saying that, so you are fine, But could you give an example of what? Like, well, I guess you took it off, so you probably don't. But, but just a little bit more of that. Like, I what 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 sort of area where it was it too much? Was it kind of like when you were maybe discussing more about your you and your partner rather than your own feelings, or yeah, what what felt not not okay?
2: Well, like at the beginning of this interview um I wanted to say resentful but kept myself from saying it but I said it anyway you know like I don't want to say resentful but blink twice for resentful you know where it's like you're like that's just that's too much that's too whatever like there's this acceptable level of honesty and then anything past that is just wrong or whatever and so there were moments like that where it's not some brand new concept that I'm hiding from anyone but just like a level of it just a choice of words or whatever that because it is text and it there is no you know like verbal tone that it could be I guess taken in whatever
1: way they want yeah, yeah to be a little
2: stronger than I wanted but also I've always struggled with this like, let's be really honest, but let's, but it's not even, maybe not even, I'm getting a little, little out there now, but maybe it's not even really totally honest, but it's this person, like the honest persona that you're kind of okay with exposing. Does that make any sense? You know it what I mean? You're like, no I'm so honest right now. Like, and this is who you're going to see being honest. Well,
1: because you know what I think, I think this is what's the real interesting part of where comedians come in. Mm-hmm. And when they, they sort of can say much more far out things, but then they can also, they, it's, it's like, because they're a comedian, mm-hmm. uh, you accept it a little bit more, but yet, you know, you know what they, they're getting at. And you know, right. that there's it's a only truth funny. in it.
2: Right. We only laugh because we relate to it. Right, right. And they
1: somehow they can use that word, but they'll do a mm. face to it or they'll like, I know you felt that before. Or yeah. they'll, they'll throw in a comment to be like, I know what I just said was outrageous, but yet <laughs> I know that you felt it. So let's right. cut the crap. But that is, but that, but then, but there is a reason why that's in comedy because I think mm. if you just write it yourself and you don't, you, you can't add that punchline or add that, other element to go, I know this is crazy, then it does, then it has this weight to it where, because from my interpretation of what you're saying is that we do have, and I'm going to swear now, we do have sometimes these fucked up things in our brain that we think. And we're like, that's not exactly actually what I feel but I but the thought came into my mind so do I really want to share a thought that I don't really believe Mm -hmm. uh, but that is the honest truth I did think that or do you wait until you know you know uh until you actually discover what you truly what does sit right for you and what you do believe and then you share Mm -hmm. that So that's kind of how I'm into it. Does that make, am I getting it? Yeah, absolutely.
2: And I think there's also, you have ever seen those articles that are like 20 words that don't exist that explain feelings that you have and it's like whatever made up word. And it's like the feeling of, the uncomfortable feeling of what, sweater against you or something. And you're like, oh yeah, yes. completely. You know, and you're like, that's exactly, I didn't know there was a there word for that. And there isn't, you know, but I, a lot of it I think is the limit of our language as well. So like with the resentment angle, there's a big difference between like resenting a husband who, what doesn't let you go out or speak to people and makes you wear certain you know what I mean? Like there's, there's like a level of resentment over there. And then (laughs) there's this like teeny touch of it where you feel like kind of torn that you can't work 80 hours a week and also be an award-winning mother, you know? It's like not the same thing, but I don't know how else to explain it. You know? So you say these things lightly without attaching much weight to it and it can just be taken. So like in my mind, I'm thinking, of course you understand that it's this you know, really relatively lightweight kind of guilt that I'm struggling with, but you might be taking it as something much, much stronger. And I say it lightly and that's just always what I'm kind of worried about that something that the severity of which makes sense to me will not be written with enough clarity, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe that's I think, at least yeah. just my worry and it's probably not necessarily founded, but anyway.
1: Do you feel that the more you're um, expressing yourself, the more of social media, more uh, putting yourself out there though, because you're creating more of a brand around yourself and a voice mm-hmm. that are you, calming a little bit in that area in your mind because you're like these people are actually getting to know me so they'll know they'll understand a bit more where I'm coming from or maybe not
2: um I wish yeah I, <laughs> I wish, wish I mean honestly <laughs> no, I really do like I think it's gone the opposite way oh, actually wow. um it's become more of this like it's the brand and my brand is not at least for 40 aprons is not this like conflicted mother type A E N T J. You know, it's like I write paleo recipes and yes. I'm kind of self-deprecating. And like that's my perception. That's a brand and I, for that. Right. Right. That's my brand. And mm, that's pretty much it. And the parts of me that are more complicated um are not those are not the dominant parts, you know? So what, what even, and that's a, a huge inspiration for no filter to begin with was the idea that, um, there were no publications existing that really represent, represented an accurate picture of the modern woman. It's like, she's not just like only talking about, I don't know women's marches and cultural appropriation and this conflict and of guilt and miscarriage. And, you know, like all of these things are part of her, but like, she also likes makeup, you know,
0: there's like this,
2: she's so complicated and I, I don't know. I felt like it was one way or the other. And so for me, it's like, for the most part, I, uh, I like food and I like to code things and then sometimes oranges and the new black and right like I I can I can hang we can talk about oranges the new black like totally there like I'll make a game of thrones reference if you like like I can do all these things and then there's also this part that feels conflicted about having another baby you know it's it's not I don't know so it's like where does that fit in with my brand and I would love it to, but I also feel like especially because there's so many of me, there's so many food bloggers that there's this sort of expectation from us in general. It's like you post the recipes. I will read them, but I'm not going to read what you're actually writing. (laughs) I'm just going to look at your pictures and make your recipe. So so no filter is really like,
1: your it's it you don't sort of see it as necessarily like the full package of your branding that is your a separate thing that you Mm -hmm. uh, that you do that for these more um yeah it's more personal I guess right yeah it's not something you're selling
2: yeah it's it's all of the things that I want to say that don't fit on my food blog really it's like I have these words that I want to write and to share. And I, I want to connect with women on another sort of plane, but it just doesn't, it doesn't work mm-hmm. anywhere else in my life. And I also, it's not, you know, like just me, it's very narrow point of view. So, um, I didn't want it to ever be just me. That's why I have so many, um, amazing other women with, Way more interesting experiences writing to, you know, so. There's that that
1: self-deprecating voice of yours.
2: (laughs) Perfectly on brand for 40 (laughs) friends That's right. But so Um,
1: what, um, I guess I I can relate because sometimes, um, I'm, so I'm a strategist in, at an advertising agency, mm-hmm. and sometimes my podcast comes up. You know, actually, I talk about it because people are like, "What did you do over the weekend?" I'm like, "I interviewed someone for my podcast," <laughs> and then they're like, "What's your podcast called again?" And then I don't really want to tell them. Oh. It, no, but not in a bad way. It's more yeah. like it's such a different personal side of, in some ways, it's it's mine, no filter. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't know if they necessarily like I don't know if I would really want that um to be I don't know like mm. taken out of, of like the work person that they see yeah. me as. Um, but oh, yeah, totally. I can't stop talking about like I it's so it's such a huge part of me that it would be weird to never um talk about it. Yeah. Um but I do know that there's there's just the, what necessarily gets discussed on the podcast is just not really what we would sh- just chat about. You know, in a, in a work conference room, so, un- <laughs> unless it's, unless we have to, cause it's a female focused brand and, 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 you know, and, and oh, these things need to come up. But, um, mm-hmm. then no, it's a, yeah, it's, I, I'm really, I think not to get mushy, uh, but I, I really admire the element of, uh, no filter. And I also, th- personally, I just think it takes a lot of guts to, to do it. And I, and, um, and what's lovely is that, like you said, you have these other women that are, so you're, you're in it together. So it's not Mm -hmm. just you standing alone, um, you know, voicing. And, and I would guess that the more they share, the more open they are also, um, does that help you as well become more comfortable? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely empowered me to, I mean, it was, it was my first very like open article. Cause when we, when we first started, I was like, I'll just fill in whatever (laughs) is needed. Like I was literally writing listicles with gifts, you know, I was like, we need one. So I'm going to write it, I guess. But then I was reading these just unbelievably vulnerable and powerful pieces by other women. And these are just women from like just like my mom group, you know? And yeah. there are these incredible writers that are like sharing just so openly. And I I don't know, it was it was then and only then that I really felt empowered to write my the glimpse of my story that I wrote recently about, you know, the the guilt and all that. Um, and I don't know if I would have before. I probably would have been and just been like, done it anonymously or something. I don't right. know. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean, and that's again, man, that's like the, what I think is so cool about no filter, at least in it's the concept of it is we have this like girl gang of, you know, just women sharing openly and like cheering each other on and just relating and, and doing all of these things. And it's, it's pretty cool. I yeah. mean, I don't know. It's, I'm I these women are so inspiring
1: um it's funny you say the anonymous because I I I really um fucked up by calling my podcast Essie's are of Love like, I really <laughs> wish it was something else so my name wasn't but to another point though is that so I read this statistic or this this I don't know what it was the other day where it said back uh, you know when you look back in history and something is written by Anonymous, you can bet mm-hmm. that that was a woman. A woman, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally relate. Like I related in a way of like I could totally understand why they wanted to be Anonymous, and then my brain went, I don't think they had a choice, S. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 i think they were forced <laughs> in some situations, or I just wouldn't, you know, that was the only yeah. way they could get there. So I had to like remember the history. <laughs> um, but anyway, but thank you so much for coming on. Cheryl, it was so yeah, lovely to speak you. to you. And I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm really glad that we got to chat actually when you were, you were feeling a bit better and, <laughs> and, and sort of got, you know, worked through some stuff because then we got mm. to, we sort of got to hear the journey rather than you, you know, the new sort of being the in struggle. the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I definitely, uh, can you do a little plug for each one of your, your pieces, cause there's, cause we've kind of talked a, a bit about them, but I'd love like a clear description of them so people can go check it out.
2: Yeah. Um, 40 aprons is a whole 30 and paleo food blog. Um, I like to say it's with personality for food lovers. Um, you can check that out at 40 aprons.com and that's pretty straightforward stuff. No filter is at nofilteronline dot com, And we're an online magazine for the modern woman and mother. There is pretty much no topic that's off limits. Um, but we like to write for the full woman rather than just one element of her. So check it out there too. And, um, all of the social media handles for 40 aprons are for zero aprons and, um, for no filter, it's no filter woman for pretty much all of the platforms
1: amazing thank you so much for taking this hour out of your day and we had to reschedule and i hope you had a (laughs) lovely time in europe with your mom and um, oh yeah it was all right yeah (laughs) and i'm sure this will not be the last time we speak um i have sam so uh this is fantastic and i have to say a big thank you to grace for actually she's who found you and set this whole thing up so and she's a beautiful writer as well so hopefully she can contribute one day to no filter Mm -hmm. after i tell (laughs) her that that's what she should do. Anyway, um yeah, so I I hope you have a lovely afternoon.
2: Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you.
1: Yeah, you too. Bye darling. Bye. <laughs>